I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created about the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host for the day, Ryan Treasure. And, you know, we always like to talk about things that matter on Finding Your Frequency, bring interesting perspectives to our audience and help them, you know, learn tips and tricks and things that they can, you know, take home and, and make make better lives, make better decisions, uh, be better people. Uh, and so today we're going to continue that journey and, you know, talk about uh, divorce and abuse and, you know, some of the different uh, things that are needed to, to get through those uh, those challenging times in your life. And we're going to bring an expert on and talk about that and get a little bit candid on, you know, some of those uh, experiences. So today we're going to talk to Rosemary Lombardi. Uh, she's a financial advisor with over 35 years of experience. That's a lot. Uh, although her professional expertise is financial matters, her perspective on marital abuse, divorce, and recovery is heartfelt and holistic. She draws from personal experience as well as experience of other who have gone through the same situations. She's also the author of a fantastic new book, Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal, a Survival Guide, is available in paperback and for Kindle at Amazon and other retailers. Rosemary, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You know, uh, here we are uh, late afternoon, and uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on and, uh, you know, ha- have a conversation with us. Uh, so let's, let's kind of just start from the beginning, set the tone for the listeners so they can, you know, kind of understand who Rosemary is. And, you know, I know that uh, in your bio, you've been doing all of these uh, financial things and being an advisor uh, for, for many a year, which is fantastic. Financial advising is a, a fantastic career, uh, a great professional services, and uh, everybody should have a good fa- a good financial advisor for sure uh, but let's kind of start back uh, from the beginning you know I know uh, you know you dealt with some abuse and some divorce and stuff and uh, let's just kind of go back to you know where you kind of found your frequency and decided you know what I- I'm going to take a step forward I'm going to go out and help other women uh, deal with stuff that uh, I've dealt with well I-, I wish I wasn't an expert on abuse but um, having walk through that experience personally, um, I found writing to be very therapeutic uh, when I was going through and recovering from my own divorce. And I, re- I realized that most books on divorce are written by lawyers who are not uh, trained professionally as experts in investments. And uh, many women who do uh, fair much worse than than men do after uh, a divorce, rely solely on the advice of their attorney and making irrevocable financial decisions. So, you know, from the standpoint of being able to offer a different perspective, I thought I could really help women. And then also having gone through it personally, I, I knew what to expect, that most abusers will 
ramp up the abuse during a divorce once they realize that they're losing control and that I could really help women um, prepare to leave and protect themselves um, and their children and their assets if they took steps. So, um, you know, that's, uh, those are things that I not only cover in the book, but also on my website, breakingbonds.com, which is a free resource for, and it's specifically dedicated to women who, who are being abused, who are um, contemplating or have already filed for uh, divorce. So I, th- I thought it was really important for me to share my mistakes as well as what I did right. And I also have uh, some things in the book that other women went through who may not necessarily have been abused, but it's very typical that uh, in divorce, uh, people do things that they wouldn't do under normal circumstances. So uh, with most abusive divorces, um, financial abuse is, is very high. It's greater than 90%. Um, so I, I wanted to be able to point out those patterns, what to expect and how to minimize the damage uh, so that you can get out. And I also wanted to include um, ways that women could de-stress while going through a very stressful experience so that they could begin to heal and also to keep their wits about them so that they could make good decisions um, instead of emotional decisions to uh, step back and, and, and make the, the, the right decisions. And um, so I include a, a lot of information on uh, how to reduce stress and, and begin the healing process. And the, the last chapter in the book is on forgiveness, because I think it's it's very important that if, if you're going to truly heal, you need to be able to forgive yourself for allowing the abuse to continue. And, and that yeah. was very difficult for me. Yeah. And I bet um, a, lot, a lot of the people that are dealing with a divorce, it's, it's you know, obviously, uh, like I said before, it's not something I've ever experienced. So I can't speak from experience, but, you know, I can only imagine how stressful that situation is. And then to you know, put any kind of, you know, whether it be financial, physical, verbal, or whatever abuse on top of that, uh, definitely has to make things a lot worse. Cause I mean, the, the, the yes. woman is kind of probably afraid as it is anyways to, you know, take that step, uh, in our promo, it says, you know, uh, mustering the intestinal fortitude, right. To take, to take a step, to take a leap. And, you know, when you have that much right. stress, it's, it's hard to do that. Um, what are some advice that you may give to women who are, you know, they know they need to get away. They know they need to take that next step. Um, what are, what's some advice that you would give them on, 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 you know, coming to that realization and actually taking action? Well, they, they, they may be afraid for their physical safety. And uh, the first thing that I, I want to say is if you are being physically abused, you must get out right away. You don't have time to prepare, and that's okay. Um, there's a domestic violence hotline. I have an emergencies tab on my breakingbonds.com website uh, where you can call a toll-free number. The uh, locations of domestic shelters is not publicly available. Uh, It's kept private for a reason to keep uh, these women and their families safe. Women who go to shelters to escape a violent situation are much 
less likely to be physically assaulted again if they take advantage of those services. Yeah, th- so, those places probably have some security and, you know, some different advantages, uh, you know, uh, uh, entry entry logging and those types of things to, to keep everybody safe, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and I also uh, talk about the fact that um, although physical violence may not be present, um, the abuse is going to escalate uh, and it may become violent um, once your spouse realizes that he's losing control. Yeah, what are those typical and, behaviors that you see? You know, like, I guess let's, let's kind of start with, you know, your, your, your lower end, not so physical behaviors and kind of work through the spectrum. Cause I think it's important for, uh, for the, for the listeners to understand uh, about those typical behaviors and what they can expect from, you know, folks uh, and how to counteract some of those things. Well, um, control is, is um, the modus operandi of an abuser, and frequently he will isolate his victim and drive away friends and family. That certainly happened to me. Uh, she may get, uh, and I use she, although abuse does happen to men, so I, I want to be clear, it can and does happen to men. Um, over 90% of um, abuse victims are women. So I, but that's my focus because that's been my personal experience, but this would apply to anyone. I, I've, never, I've never heard of or met a man who was abused in a relationship, um, you know, other than, you know, him making up some wild stories about dishes or sandwiches or, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Well, some men actually have been physically abused. I know it does happen, but it's it's not really all that common. Right. Um, it's just as serious. But um, uh, for um, for my experience as a woman, what what I've seen is a physical intimidation, even if it doesn't step into violence, like. Um, following you from room to room, banging on doors, getting in your personal space, uh, spitting in your face while yelling. Um, those, those are very disrespectful behaviors. Uh, the intimidation factor of just um, uh, some glaring looks. Um, I got the eyebrow, uh, the uh, eye roll, which is a, um, a sure sign that your marriage is in trouble if someone is doing that to you or the raised eyebrow, uh, not answering, withdrawal, uh, withdrawal of affection, um, and also just not answering you when you ask a question, which is not only disrespectful, but it, it is a form of abuse. It's a different kind of abuse invading your privacy. Uh, <laughs> not to mention extremely yeah. annoying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rifling through your personal things, going through camp calendars, checking your phone, checking your inbox, uh, feeling like you don't have any privacy whatsoever. Uh, there's also financial control. If uh, a woman has decided to leave the, the uh, workplace for a while to raise kids and then the husband controls all the money and she doesn't have access to a checkbook or a credit card, um, that type of, uh, of control, gaslighting, which happened to me, it, it happens a lot more often than you might think where, you know, if the abuser is a narcissist, not, not all abusers are narcissists, but all narcissists are abusive by definition, right. um, where they recreate the past to put themselves in the best light. And um, in my case, I made excuses. I, 
I um, I would give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's just not remembering that right, or maybe I'm misremembering. But it happened when it, when it happens too often, you realize that you're not dealing with someone who's honest yeah because there's yeah. there's definitely a big difference and you know i i am a, i am a married man i've been uh with my my wife uh for a long time we were high school sweethearts and got back together after i got home from the military and have been together ever since and you know we have challenges in our relationship all the time and there are times where you know uh, i'll ask my wife something and she just doesn't want to talk to me and has had has ignored me but it's not something that is a frequent occurrence or something that happens all the time it's just happens to be oh you know she had a bad day at work or you know um is really tired that day and you know just is like hey look i know you want to talk about the budget but i don't want to do anything right now so don't ask me any questions <laughs> and so i think it's really yeah. important for people to kind of understand the differences between the everyday challenges and the work that a couple has to put in together, uh, you know, to make a successful relationship and identifying the difference between a challenge and, and, and potential abuse, right? Absolutely. Because uh, an abusive relationship is not a relationship of equals. One person becomes the dominant partner and the other person is maybe held responsible for his moods even, which happen to me it happens very frequently um you know if you're both trying I, you know I, I don't think any marriage is perfect and you accept each other's foibles and yeah. overlook things and you know that's that's just the the nature of marriage yeah, i've, I've learned this new thing lately uh, especially having kids and also working on my marriage constantly just choosing your battles you know when you're you know, in, 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 uh, I wouldn't right. really say confrontation discussion, whatever it is, you know, you're like, do you really want to go down that road? Is it really that important? You know, taking a, uh, taking a minute to take a step back and think about, you know, what, what's actually happening right now before you decide to maybe, um, open mouth and insert foot. <laughs> yeah. Well, having a conversation is a lot different than, you know, one person being a dictator. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which so, is, t- is totally different. Yeah. So, and I, th- I think, you know, what are some mistakes, you know, that you want the, the women out there to kind of, you know, just think about or understand or just internalize and realize that those are potential uh, uh, things that they should be, they should be watching out for? Well, you know, uh, uh, first of all, they have to get out of the victim mentality, which is very, very difficult if somebody has been abusive uh, for years. Um they have been uh, put in a state of what I call, and, and, and I've read this in many places, learned helplessness, where they don't think that they have choices. They do have choices. And, you know, if, if someone is abusing you, um, it's really not their problem. You know, and, and you have to realize that, you, you know, they may not be willing to change. It's really your problem. And you have to decide what are you going to do about it? Are you going to stay? Which is the decision I made for many years because I thought it was the right decision for my children. And it wasn't. It was. Yeah, a, that was actually was my next my next question is how do, you know, how, do, how do children affect that? Because I know, 
you know, I, I, I've never thought about, oh, what would happen if my wife and I got in a divorce because our relationship is, is, you know, like 95% good. You know, we have our little challenges, like I mentioned, but I could never imagine like having to go through a scenario where, you know, like I had, I as a father would have to like not be around my children or, you know, have them removed from me or both or, you know, whatever the case may be, what, you know, in those, in those scenarios. And I know that, you know, kids need to be with moms and you know that stuff's important and dad's got to be there too but when you just have that dynamic in there it's got to be crazy and then i it's it's got to be hard too for a woman you know i can i can only imagine you know you're dealing with some physical abuse as a female and you have you know a kid or two kids or whatever the case may be and you know it's got to be really hard for you to you know even fathom the idea of like letting dad see the kids knowing that you're dealing with all of these abuses and these things that are going on. And, you know, that just throws the complexity level into overdrive. Oh, sure. And, you know, in, in most divorces, there's joint custody and abusive divorces. It may or may not be safe for the children to be around the abusive parent. Mm -hmm. And, One of the reasons why I think it's so important for women who are being abused to get out is to change that dynamic because if children are being raised in an abusive environment, they think that's normal and they are much more likely to grow up to either become abusers or victims themselves. That certainly happened to me. And it's very, very com- it's a very common thread that if you if you were abused as a child, that you're either going to become a victim or a perpetrator. And so I think it's real important for women to go through the divorce process and to heal so that they can break the chain and and heal their families. And children are very resilient. If they get the therapy that they need, they they're going to be okay but you can't continue to allow the abuse to continue you have to make the decision well if my partner is not willing to change what what am i going to do about the situation am i going to stay or am i going to get out and you know i wasted too many years thinking that staying was the the right thing for them and it it it, it never is abuse is never acceptable yeah, I definitely agree. It's important to get yourself and the kids out of that toxic uh, relationship because you're, I right. feel like if you, if you're there in that type of relationship, that's, you know, kind of the uh, idea of being a product of your environment as a child and being immersed in an abusive, uh, you know, kind of household, it, you know, lends way to those type of tendencies moving on as you had discussed previously. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of women think they are hiding the abuse from their children. You know, the walls whisper and you really can't hide it. Um, (laughs) Nonverbal communication is powerful. And, you know, children have they have the antennas. They they know, (laughs) you know, if dad's giving giving you the evil eye, they 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 know what's and they know what you're feeling. Yeah, I've had I've had my daughter come to our door. You know, my wife and I at one time we were having a um, a little spirited conversation. Right. One of us was like not happy with what was going on. And it wasn't like we were screaming at each other. We were just a little slightly elevated more than normal. And my daughter knocks on the door and she goes, really mom and dad, I don't, I don't, I don't want to listen to this. And we looked at each other and we were like, 
whoa, like we didn't even realize that she could hear, you know? And so then we've been trying really hard to work on nonverbal communication. We have hand signals, but like, no, later, later. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, yeah. there are challenges in, in any relationship and, you know, you have to have oh, conversations. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes an adult conversation is more than like, hey, how you doing? It's great. Sometimes like, hey, you know, both of us or you or I, we need to, you know, make some changes, do something different, set some better goals. Uh, and, and so sometimes, yeah, you got to have those conversations maybe when uh, the, the kids are, you know, at grandma's house or something like that. So that way you can have those those moments. Well, you know, you make a great point. You know, marriage is coming together, but you're both individuals with individual needs. And in an abusive relationship, the dominant partner, the abuser, just really, um, you know, puts down the, the other person yep. and makes them insignificant and unimportant. And um, I felt as though my identity had basically disappeared. You know, it was solely taking care of the children and catering to his every need so he wouldn't fly off the handle. You know, my my mom, when I was growing up, uh, my mom was a single mom for a long time uh, until I was like seven or eight years old and she met my stepfather. They got married and, you know, all, mm-hmm. all was well. I had, I had a dad, you know, uh, which was great. Uh, but she always used to tell me, you know, like her, her idea of relationship advice, but, you know, you don't really think about it when you're younger, uh, but it strikes a chord much harder when you're older. You know, and she always used to say that if by chance you can be you and someone else can be themselves and by chance by you being you and them being them, you can be together. You know, that is the best type of relationship that you can cultivate because it allows everybody to be new uniquely themselves. I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. So Rosemary, what's next for you? Uh, you know, you got the book that come out, you're, you know, financial advisor, 35 years. And, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's on the horizon for you and maybe your, your, uh, your next project. Well, right now I'm doing a lot of podcasts and radio interviews and I'm writing articles that I'm posting, not only on the breaking bonds site, but, um, I've been, uh, fortunate enough to be asked to be to write articles on various topics concerning um, abuse and uh, breaking habits under stress. Um, uh, recently, I wrote an article on teen dating violence, which is very oh, disturbing. that's probably a huge topic. Oh my gosh, it's so <laughs> common. And um, it's frightening too, because most teenagers do not tell their parents that uh, they've been subjected to it, and they're much more likely to marry an abuser if they've been um, in, involved in uh, teen dating violence. So I'm just going to lock my daughter in the closet so she doesn't go uh, date. Oh and I, <laughs> well, well, you, you, you need to have a conversation. That's probably abusive, but I mean, I was just you know being funny, yeah. as being a dad. Well, but I mean, it's scary oh, stuff. Like you're like, like I don't want no, I don't want to let her out into the world. Oh, <laughs> it is. It's scary. She's only five, but you know, I, for whatever reason, like I think about that stuff all the time. And even though she's five, I'm like, you know, we we. I think about when I grew up and when I was five years old, I was outside running around the neighborhood. I was riding my bicycle cause we didn't have, you know, video games. And like, it wasn't, you know, like TV wasn't a huge thing. It was more out and about doing things. And you know, the, the societal kind of uh, socioeconomics have changed with the way that people interact with each other and the way that technology has changed and how that interacts with our lives. And, and, and then also I feel like just, 
outside is not the same as it was when I grew up. And I'm, I'm like so afraid. I'm like, no, no, you cannot go outside by yourself and, and wander around the neighborhood. And, you know, maybe it's different for boys and girls. But I remember even little girls when we were five, six, seven years old, just kind of, you know, my mom would be like, OK, well, just don't go past the whatever. And it's like seven blocks away. <laughs> and I can't I can't even fathom that now, you know. Oh, I know. I think it's it's very sad. My my children would go out outside and ride their uh, bikes around the neighborhood, and they were friends with children in the neighborhood. And you know, they would uh, go explore and use their imaginations. And uh, I, they would get plenty of exercise. It was really easy to find all your friends because you just found the house that had all the bicycles in front of it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, that's not the case today. Um, I think communication is really important with your children to let them know that that this is out there and that if something should happen, that they, you know, they should come to you and and talk with you or talk with another adult about it because they may not be able to deal with it by themselves. Um, Social media is a great platform for abuse, unfortunately. Yeah, so I've seen a couple not, of uh, vice episodes. There's some vice episodes that had come out about, um, you know, abuse, uh, social media abuse for, you know, kind of teenagers and stuff. And I was uh, I was watching this, the documentary special and I was absolutely appalled. I couldn't I couldn't even fathom how mean little girls are to other little girls. I was like my mind was blown. Oh, it's it's terrible. But to, to answer your your question about what my next project is, I'm. I'm thinking about writing a fake autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> well, explain that. What's the what's the creativity behind the fake autobiography? Well, uh, I would like to be able to write things from my perspective about what I went through. And also, I'm very fascinated with my great-grandfather. He lost his arm in the Civil War. And um, I'd like to bring him into the mix somehow. So I'm, I'm still working on ideas. Oh, it sounds um, very interesting though. Yeah, yeah, he was only 16 when he enlisted. He came over uh, on the boat from Ireland. And uh, if it hadn't been for the potato famine, I probably would still be living in Dublin. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, Rosemary, we really appreciate you being on today and sharing your story, your knowledge, and uh, you know all of the tips and tricks. Uh, make sure you guys go check out the book, uh, Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal. Uh, and the, the guide is available in paperback and for Kindle uh, at Amazon and other retailers. So make sure you go check it out. And also, uh, you have the website, right? BreakingBonds.com that uh, people can find out more information and follow your blogs and articles and all of your advice. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to Finding Your Frequency right here on the voiceamerica.com talk radio network. Check us out all over social media at Radio Ryan One, at Voice America TRN, at Jeff Spinney Two, and of course the website findingyourfrequency.net. If you're listening on your favorite podcast application, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple, Spotify, all of those, please make sure take a moment to rate the uh, podcast. Give us a review. Uh, I always want to get feedback from our listeners on how you guys are enjoying the interviews, how you guys are enjoying the flow in the direction that we're going. Uh, And so that feedback is paramount as we continue to bring on uh, fantastic guests to feed uh, our audience insatiable appetite for uh, knowledge and information. Thank you so much for tuning in. Finding your frequency right here on voiceamerica.com.